Are you keeping up with Never After? I'm not. I, I, it's one of these where I think I, I know. I'm so sorry. I know I'm speaking to Dimension 20's biggest fan. Get in the comments. This, get in the comments. Get out of the comments. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Geek Peak. Today, I have the honor and pleasure of interviewing Deep Blue Ink. This guy is so funny, so talented. I enjoyed this interview a lot. This is the first interview in my interviewing history that is two hours. So uh, before we head into it, buckle in, grab something to drink, but not something that uh, you would probably uh, feel bad if it spilled on you because it is filled with laughs. This is a very laughful episode, uh, so get ready for it. Also, uh, if you are an animator or any kind of content creator, this particular episode is filled with a lot of good tips from my friend Deep Blue Inc. I hope you enjoy. Click the like button, click the subscribe button. You know the drill. Let's get right into it. Deep Blue Inc., welcome to the podcast. I'm so excited to have you here. Hello, thank you for having me. Um, this has been one of the highlights of, uh, of this, uh, uh, interview series. Uh, you have such a talent to tell so many, uh, amazing, uh, uh mini stories and bits through animation. And I really want to, uh, jump into your process, your origin story, uh, and, and what makes you tick. Oh, thank uh, you very in, much. Yeah. In, in this, like, um, uh, in this amazing little interview that we're going to have. Um, some of my audience maybe don't know you. Many of them do because of your work with uh, Game Changer and uh, some other bits. Mm-hmm. Um, but for those who don't, uh, could you uh, tell us who you are and uh, what you do? Hi. Uh, yeah, so I am Deep Blue Ink. Uh, my real name's Harry, but I don't go by that. <laughs> um, I am a British animator, mainly on YouTube at the minute. Uh, yeah, as Oren says, in the past, I've worked with College Humor. I did a few official animations for Dimension 20 last year. Um, and mainly at the minute, if you look on my channel, it is 75% drawfee, uh, <laughs> and probably the rest is my bim bam, my brother, my brother and me. Um, but I've also done things like music videos for Bug Hunter and, uh, little, little podcast commissions too as well, which will end up on the channel. Amazing. So you have like this, uh, this, uh, as you said, you have like this, um, um, vast uh, variety of, of things that you created. Mm-hmm. Um, I do want to take you back before we talk about your process for doing these animations and uh, and uh, like where you are now in your creator journey. Mm-hmm. I want to take you back to before the name Deep Blue Ink was <laughs> actually born. Like tell sure. us about who that person was before you started creating content online. Uh, so, um, the, it's, it's weird because the YouTube channel has existed, or oh, I want to guess about six, seven years, uh, and it's been Deep Blue Ink for about five of those. <laughs> so if we're going to before, uh, before I was a content creator, trademark, um, I was at college. <laughs> um, I set up the channel in my first year of uni, so before that it was just school and college. Not too much uh, interesting to talk about there. I did 
uh, bog standard subjects are loved English. Oh, I can say one thing interesting, actually. I did English, maths, business, and philosophy. Uh, something that was clearly missing is art. I did not get into any form of art or any kind of uh, creative subject um, through all of uh, my stint in academia. Uh, even when I went to uni, that was to do a business degree, which is oh, very relevant now <laughs> as a YouTuber. Wow. Um, it was purely, uh, animation purely came through as a, as a hobby. Um, even more specifically, if you want the backstory on that, um, it came as a hobby that was designed to take up the most time as possible. <laughs> um, I was in my second year of uni and my landlords were awful and basically didn't pay for our internet for most of the year that we were there. So I needed wow. to come up with some kind of hobby that I knew would take up a lot of time. Uh, I already watched cartoons obsessively um, and I thought, hey, uh, that looks like it is painstaking. Let's try that. <laughs> uh, and it is. <laughs> so it worked out. But um, yeah. But but why, why, like, why take up a lot of time? What was, what was <laughs> behind, what was the reasoning there? It was, it was a case of, um, you know, we had literally no routers, no internet. Um, it, we spent so much of our time fighting our landlords and uh, the degree that I was doing, the business degree at uni. Um, I don't mind saying now in retrospect was uh, very simple. Uh, there was um, a lot of people I lived with that were doing like physics degrees, um, computer science, engineering, and seeing the amount of work they had to do was obscene. And I basically had to write a a four of paper every week and that was about it <laughs> so um yeah i had a lot of time to kill uh and yeah i i wanted to, to be fair i was interested in animation as it was um i uh i was a huge fan of game grumps at the time and kind of the the territory of that is the game grumps animations as well uh which is the kind of most obvious uh step in <laughs> into this i guess um, but yeah, I guess it was just kind of looking for, yeah, a hobby. <laughs> okay. So tell me like, what was that moment where you said like, okay, I love this as a hobby. Now let's start creating content online. Like what mm. was the pivotal moment there that uh, made that shift for you? I mean, it, it's a really weird one because I, I pretty much have always since I've been animating, I've pretty much always put it online. So, you know, it depends on how you want to describe being a content creator because the very first animation I did uh, is still on the YouTube channel um, and it was published wow. before uh, it was Deep Blue Ink. So a bit of backstory is that before I was Deep Blue Ink uh, on YouTube, I was Deep Blue ASMR. Uh, a little twist that no one expects. Uh, I used to be an ASMR channel. <laughs> Deep Blue ASMR, okay. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, it was, uh, like I say, it was about seven years ago and the ASMR community was vital to me getting any sleep um, <laughs> through uni. Uh, but there was very little in the way of content out there. Uh, I will say tentatively, the community has changed a little bit <laughs> in those seven years. Um, but at the time, it was just listening to people like Heather, uh, Heather Feather, ASMR. Um, and yeah, there was just so few creators out there that I wanted to join in and kind of add to it. It was never kind of one of these where I like spoke very much or kind of had my face up. It was all soundscapes, I guess you'd call it. Um, 
and uh, kind of a, an overlapping of interests. Uh, there was a Game Grumps episode that I watched, which had uh, Ross in it making, not making fun, but kind of making fun of ASMR and doing like an ASMR impression. And I thought, hey, I wanted to get into animation. Let's try animating this. And it was like a 30 second animation. Uh, and it's still on my channel to this day. Uh, and for anyone that ever argues with me saying that I didn't start off as an artist, or no, I didn't. <laughs> it's, uh, it's not the strongest uh, creative work out there. I still like it. I'm still not embarrassed to have it up there. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm glad to keep up. There is a, a checkpoint of where I came from, I guess. That's so cool. That's like uh, um, a point of reference that you can go back to each yes. year that you approve and say like, okay, <laughs> this is where I started from. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I've had a couple of people in comments uh, very sweetly and very sincerely saying, oh, I, I don't think like animations for me. I'm not very good at drawing and being able to drop them a quick link to that and say, stick at it. You're fine. <laughs> is, uh, is quite nice. Okay, that's actually a good uh, a good thing to note. I'll probably keep the link to it in the description <laughs> of the video. Oh no! Uh, <laughs> cool. <laughs> Um, yeah, yeah. Th this is it. <laughs> this is your creative journey. <laughs> it's, I've, if I'm going to bring it up, I've got to accept people are going to look at it. That's fine. <laughs> um, okay, awesome. So, uh, so you started putting stuff online. Um, I think one of uh, one of the most not noticeable things today about your channel and your uh, and your um, online presence in general is the active community that you have. So uh, tell me a bit about how from the beginning, like you started putting stuff online. Uh, how did you build your community? Was this like uh, an organic thing that happened slowly, or uh, or you you actively uh, started creating those? Uh, spaces for people to engage with you. Oh, um, I mean, thank you for saying so as well. It's it's something that I, I kind of hope is the case, but uh, I guess it's difficult to <laughs> view it from the inside, but no, that's lovely to hear. Um, I think the, the easy kind of cop-out answer is uh, a lot of the uh, kind of shows that I animate for already have a lovely community. So, I mean, my bim bam, uh, my brother, my brother and me is already kind of well known for having a very engaged, very kind of, I don't know, I've never seen anyone really say anything nasty <laughs> about them. And it's the same with, you know, uh, college humor in general, Dimension 20 and, and Drawfee. Um, but I mean, from a kind of personal standpoint, I always do my best to kind of engage with the comment section. Uh, I... I don't know if that's so much of a kind of intentional trying to like foster this community as much as it is my own anxiety when I put something up and think I need to really keep a close eye on all these comments. Um, just, I mean, <laughs> so cool. once in the absolute blue moon, but like in case someone says something, you know, horribly offensive and I need to delete it. So when I, you know, whenever I publish something, my phone sends me a notification every time someone comments and I yeah. can't help but read every single one. Um, something that, um, uh, I was going to say someone, but something that uh, Jacob from Drawfee mentioned, or it might have been Nathan, uh, mentioned in a live stream when they were talking about this aspect of my channel, um, was that I always heart things. And it seems like such an easy tool as a creator to have. And it, I've seen people say like, 
not necessarily on my channel. I've seen that on Bugcunner's channel where people say, why do you heart every single comment? What's the point? And the point is just to make sure it knows it's been, make sure the person knows they've had their comment read by you, the comment, uh, the creator, because, you know, you can like stuff as much as you want, but, you know, from the commenter's point of view, they don't know if that's you or not. I like to put a heart on every single one just to kind of, you know, reinforce that I'm reading them all. <laughs> um, whether that's a good thing or a bad thing for my mental health uh, is yet to be decided. Um, but no, I like to make sure that, you know, I can, I don't know, make sure everyone feels seen, I guess. Um, and then also it's quite a nice tool to be able to not heart something if I think it's passive aggressive or a little bit rude. <laughs> you know, if someone says like, oh, I've seen better animations, it's not worth deleting because it's not wrong, but it's still not nice. So I just won't heart it. And then I think that sometimes stands out more than <laughs> the opposite. I think also um, from, from at least my experience with the comment section, um, like the the comments that you heart usually get more visibility mm. um uh, it, it's something that i noticed uh, uh in in some of my in some of my videos like if you don't heart something mm. uh then it would kind of like die down in the yeah. comment section like in the in the visibility stuff um but yeah i i just love your uh interpretation of using this so much <laughs> because it it's it's such a a good way to engage with the commenters mm. and tell them, yes, I see you. That's yeah. that's such a good good tip for any content creator out there. Yeah, make your I, people, uh, uh, like, make them feel seen. Yeah, um, and I think that's kind of, maybe that leans into why it feels like it's such a kind of tight-knit community in the comment section, because that's, you know, it, it's up to you to decide what that comment section's for. Um, and, you know, it's a it's a tool to, to one extent, and you can, you know, get engagement from it. And if you end every video with some kind of call to action and say, you know, get in the comments, you know, it's a very common thing to say. Get in the comments. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) It's a good thing to, hey gang, um, it's a good thing to kind of get people to, you know, engage. And I, I don't know the specifics of it, but it, it must be the case that YouTube, you know, rewards uh, videos with more comments. Like that can't be a coincidence that, you know, it seems to drive traffic as well. So that's, you know, one use of it. But then you can do things like I've done on my channel by accident, which is uh, make jokes in the comment section and accidentally create in-jokes, which uh, you mentioned a little bit before the recording. Um, <laughs> that there's just a handful of random in-jokes that I've responded to in certain ways that have kind of built up through years and years of uh either ignoring actively or <laughs> making fun of comments um which i'm sure maybe we'll come back to in a bit but i'd be surprised if none of the questions you up from the fans were to do with griffin's glasses <laughs> oh my god <laughs> <laughs> yep <laughs> one second <I'm> gonna cough. <laughs> we'll we'll get to that we'll get soon. to that <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> so many questions <laughs> Um, okay, so I love this. Uh, this mm-hmm. is uh, this is such a good way to look at the comment comment section. Um, so tell me a bit, like you you do your uh, your engagement with the comment section, like you um, post your videos, your animations. When do you feel like that uh, it is kind of taking off in a sense, like w- going back from your beginning? 
Uh, so do you mean like the whole channel in general? Yeah, like the whole channel. Like it? Yeah, I mean, it. the thing is, it, the whole channel at the minute, and I'm stealing this metaphor from Tom Scott when he did a interview, I think, oh, I can't remember, it was Lad Bible, one of those <laughs> types. Um, it, it all feels like a big snowball rolling down a hill at the minute. So every... Every year or so, it will again feel like it's taken off. <laughs> um, I think the very first one was that first animation, uh, because the ASMR videos were getting, you know, about 100, 200 views a pop, and I, I was putting them out maybe once or twice a month. And then that animation went up and it hit like a thousand views and it might have stayed there. I think I've no idea what it's on at the minute. Uh, and that felt like taking off. And then um, for a bit, I was watching and animating Only Plays, if you know them. Um, and then again, one of those videos uh, hit something like 20,000 uh, views in about a month. And that, again, felt like absolutely <laughs> insane. That felt like it was taking off. And it just kind of keeps happening. I think... No, I was going to say there's there's one particular, but there's like two or three in particular. <laughs> um, the first kind of important one, I guess, was uh, around June 2020. Uh, I was at a job at a recruitment company. Uh, <laughs> it wasn't the best job uh, in retrospect, but I enjoyed it at the time. It was a very bog standard kind of office job. Um but I got made furloughed because of COVID. Um, so I was still being paid for my time, but wasn't working, which again, in retrospect, turned out to be very lovely, <laughs> very useful. Um, and I remember talking to my friends and saying like, oh, I've, I've played Animal Crossing for four weeks straight. I've not done anything. I, I need to do something productive. And someone said, oh, why don't you try animating again? And I thought, oh yeah, I forgot I did that. <laughs> um, and I... Uh, put out a Bim Bam animation. I think the first one in lockdown was the 127 minutes animation. 120, oh God, no, 27 hours. What's the film called? 27 hours, I think, or 127 <laughs> hours, something like that. Um, and uh, that was like the third Bim Bam animation I'd done. And it got a little bit of traction. It got like, uh, I, I think like maybe 30,000 views in the space of a couple of weeks. And I realized at that point that there was quite a lot of people looking out for my brother, my brother and me animations. And I had plenty of spare time and felt productive after wasting away in front of Animal Crossing for so long. <laughs> um, so the next one I did, uh, because I was listening to them actively at this point, every, you know, every episode that went up and I was going back through their back catalogue. Um, they released an episode which had a advert halfway through Fab Babel, uh, where Griffin McElroy made the most obscene joke about Porky Pig, which is uh, framed behind my right head in this uh, animation <laughs> that I've got for the interview. Um, and yeah, it, I I was just really lucky, I think. And I, I shouldn't keep saying I'm lucky because imposter syndrome and all that, but I was very lucky that I was the first person to get to it because it's such an animatable moment um, that everyone was already searching for it before it went up and someone else animated it um, and uploaded it about three days after I did. Um, but that is still the most viewed uh, video on my channel. It hit like 200, 300,000 views fairly quickly. Um, and at that point, I decided to actually monetize my channel, which I hadn't been doing before that point. Um, oh, wow. And okay. then, yeah, that was then my first kind of uh, 
big hitter. <laughs> uh, enough so that I uh, actually made some money out of YouTube, which I'd never done before. Um, because I'd luckily got in before the 4,000 hours uh, cap, which is there now. Um, I think, maybe? Oh, yeah, like anyway. they have like this other thing now with shorts too. But uh, yes. yeah, the, the original original um, thing is 1,000 subscribers and uh, 4,000 hours of public watch time. Yes, that was the one. So I'd already hit that very luckily. So yeah, the, the Porky Pig animation uh, made me my first paycheck of like £60 after a month. And I thought, oh my God, this is it. <laughs> um, and I kept animating. I made four Mabimbam animations in that month. Um, each of them had really good views and I was uh, losing my mind a little bit. And then I got a call from my work saying, oh, can you come back again? <laughs> I kind of thought like, Oh, not now. <laughs> um, I know I shouldn't be profiting off of COVID, but not now. <laughs> um, and yeah, from, from that point for the next year, I was kind of making stuff. Uh, I think it was once a month at that point, or maybe once or twice a month. Um, a few different things happened. I got my first commission from Sorry for the Wait podcast. Um, and I can talk about that more later at some point, I'm sure. But that was very important. And it all kept going until uh, College Humor reached out. And that was the most recent big kind of this is it moment because it, it, there was like a contract involved and there was enough money that I thought, oh, I can I can quit my job and I can work off this for like two or three months. And if I don't find more work in those two or three months, I'll get a different job. It's fine. <laughs> so yeah, it was, I think that's the most recent like very big moment of like oh oh i guess this is it <laughs> um but yeah i'm sure that that kind of steps into a lot of other questions which i will uh <laughs> go into more detail later yeah so uh, first of all uh, there's something that i want to mention you said right off the bat um something about like uh, that you were lucky that you got f to uh to make the uh, uh my brother and brother and me first yeah <laughs> uh, like that animation um, like, why, why, like, I think that your, your, your animation style, at least from my point of view, mm -hmm. uh, your animation style is very unique. Oh. Um, do, do you feel like that, uh, you should be the first to get to animate something? <laughs> uh, or I don't think it matters. Um, uh, just like, just like as a, as a general comment, I guess. Yeah. It's, uh... I mean, it's very sweet of you to say, and it's a difficult one for me to answer without feeling like I'm, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. There's, there's a lot of... Uh... I'm going to make you ditch your imposter syndrome today. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, I did deserve it. You're right. If I didn't go to it first, I would have stomped on the morrow. <laughs> no, at the time, I, I think I had maybe like 2,000 subscribers so I, it, it did feel lucky, I will say, but at the same time, maybe it's not luck that I've got an art style that lends itself to animating really quickly. Um, I, again, I can't get to grips with the idea that people are watching my animations specifically because they enjoy the style or the art of it. And I'm sure that's true. And I'm sure you can argue with me on that for a while, but it is maybe not one uh, we will get me to admit in this hour. <laughs> okay, fine. <laughs> um, okay. And uh, another thing that I uh, uh, wrote down for myself, um, like, 
now you have about, if I'm not mistaken, about 67,000 subscribers. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So talk, talk to me about how, how that feels. Like, uh, how did you grow into, into living with that number uh, as, as, as the potential people that are uh, uh, watching your videos? Yeah, it, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to lean on the very easy answer of it hasn't yet. <laughs> um, okay. it still doesn't feel like a real number. It feels more like a statistic and not to kind of make it sound cold hearted, but it doesn't, I, I used to go to football matches quite a lot with my family, with my brother and my dad, and uh, we supported Leicester Football Club, uh, Leicester City, who might be a bit more famous after 2016 than they were before, but their stadium seats about 32,000 people. And whenever I try and imagine that stadium twice, <laughs> I freak out <laughs> and I stop trying to picture of it. Um, yeah, I... Yeah, I think I think the the honest answer is I I do kind of look at that number as a stat at this point. Um I I look at it not not always as like a uh, a progress marker. I don't I've not usually been looking at that as a I want to have this many subscribers by the end of the year or I want to have, you know, this many more by this video. I I'm, I'm going to do this video and this is going to get me more subscribers. It's more uh just another number in the vast list of numbers of, you know, X amount of people watch this stuff, and X amount of people watch this stuff. I mean, for all I know, those 67,000, like the, the same 2,000 from the very start are still waiting for me to upload another ASMR video. I don't know. <laughs> it, it feels like a bit of a, a bit of a foolish kind of thing to, to chase that number because. I don't know, they could all be Jorofi fans at this point and everyone else has left, or they could all be Mavimbam fans and everyone's angry. It, <laughs> the the kind of numbers don't match the views in kind of any channel, as far as I can see. Like I've seen, you know, there are YouTube channels with millions and millions of subscribers and then they average about 100,000 views. And then there's me with 67,000 subscribers averaging about the same at the minute. And it, it feels like subscribers doesn't matter so much as momentum and kind of everything else, I guess. Um, but again, yeah. maybe that's just a way of me trying to avoid picturing that football stadium. <laughs> I can tell you like that um, the amount of subscribers, at least in, in some topics, not, mm. not like everything, uh, but um, usually the main driver of views at least in in my experience from my mm. videos like uh like the videos of interviewing Brennan for example mm. uh usually m most if not all of those videos get a lot more views than my subscriber count yeah um like in the in the tens of thousands and yeah. i have not braked uh through 10,000 subscribers yet yeah so no exactly so, the same <laughs> so it's like it, it's it's uh, the the recommendation system on YouTube is usually the main driver of views. So yeah. if you are creating something in a in a well known niche, mm. it usually will get lots of views, even though your subscriber count may not correlate with that number. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, and that's that's the other thing. Like, um, I'm sure you uh, look at the analytics page of YouTube as much as I do, but I. I 
crawl through that every like every single figure and number I'm staring at and figuring out what I've done <laughs> this time that's done something good. Um, but on most of the videos, like you say, the the kind of views are coming from uh, oh, what does YouTube call it? It might just no, it's not external. External is like Twitter, but it's. Um, I think it's browse features or that's, something like that. That's exactly what I was looking for. Yeah, it comes from browse features, and after spending months and months of googling it and trying to figure out what browse features is the easiest and only explanation i seem to have gotten is it's the algorithm and when people talk about the algorithm that's that so yeah it, it like i say kind of seeing that every video has maybe one point something percent views come from my like subscription feed or people's subscriptions feed that you know it, it kind of it, it seems to devalue subscribers as a uh, as a driver of views and a driver of like you know revenue in in the long term, um, but at the same time, I've made my New Year's resolution this year to hit hundred thousand subscribers because I want that silver play button <laughs> for, for no other reason than I finally want it. <laughs> so um, yeah, I guess that's what subscribers means to me. You're, you're so gonna get it. I just know it. You're so gonna get it. <laughs> Fingers crossed. Um, yeah. Um, Okay, and the the last thing, um, not the last thing, um, <laughs> um, like I'm, I'm going, <laughs> I've got to be somewhere, I've got a delivery coming. <laughs> um, okay, so also I wanted to uh, to tell you uh, a little tip about the comment section. Uh, yeah. You mentioned like uh, that sometimes you. Um, check the comments uh, just in case there is some kind of nasty thing that you need to delete. Yes. Um, so um, I don't know if you noticed, uh, mm. but there is a, a new feature on YouTube uh, where you can increase the strictness of of uh, of the comments. Yeah, uh, I have. I it's, haven't. It's it's, yeah, I was so it's say, is it any good? <laughs> yeah, it's a little experimental. It doesn't catch everything, mm. but um, like I can tell you that uh, I have seen, like I I did that to my mental health and went yes. to look at <laughs> went to look at what it caught. Yeah, uh, and and those are some nasty comments. Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, I'm glad it works. <laughs> yeah, so so they still label it as experimental but yeah. it may be something that uh, uh you know as you get more and more visibility you may want to enable sure. um just like to to have that yes that is a good uh, one to know i think and keep in my back pocket <laughs> yeah yeah exactly um and now i want to talk about uh, uh commissions this is yes. something exciting um so first of all uh, uh, you don't. You don't have to answer this if you don't want to. Sure. Uh, but um, is YouTube your full thing now, or do you still work a day yeah. job? Yeah, no, it is. Um, so, <laughs> thank you. Awesome. <laughs> um, it has been <laughs> since May. I was gonna say last year, but that's not right anymore. Twenty twenty one. Wow. So yeah, nearly or just over a year and a half now, um, which is wild. Uh, but a year and a half in, I finally feel I can. I can talk to my family about it and not have to like <laughs> tuck my tail between my legs every time and be like, but it's a real job. I swear at this point, like I've, I've been doing it for a year and a half and I can confidently be like, no, this is, this is real. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, That's so cool. I'm so happy for you. <laughs> thank you. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, 
I think that was uh, the question. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, no, that's fine. I, I mean, like, I'm I'm just reminiscing <laughs> because you said like I, I I feel I can talk to my family about it, and like <laughs> literally, I have like all this lighting setup here, and mm. every time like I, I have my dad, like he's like, but are you making money from this? Or is this something that yes. you're making money from? <laughs> yeah, there are different different family members of different uh, uh, priorities with this. My like, I've got one or two that are like, oh well regardless of money this is the dream job this is doing your hobby yes. for a living and then yes. someone will say can I see your spreadsheet and that's fine <laughs> I respect both of them um, but yeah um, so okay so let's talk about how this started like walk with walk walk with whoa walk, <laughs> walk walk me through yeah I'm not a native English speaker as you might have noticed uh, walk me through how you started like taking commissions and how mm. did it come to this like um process where now this is aside from youtube your mm. full-time thing yeah so again like that kind of that first kind of eureka moment obviously having youtube send me that very first um google adsense payment of 60 pounds was massive just just in terms of an ego boost and that was needed um but the kind of I guess the point where it kind of really felt like, oh wait, this isn't just YouTube. This is people will pay me to make animations was the um, first commission I ever got, which was from a podcast called Sorry for the Wait, uh, who are unfortunately at the moment on an extended hiatus, but are a fantastic podcast. And if they ever do come back, uh, even if they don't come back, go back and listen to it. It's an excellent time capsule about losing weight during COVID. <laughs> um, not, it's not meant to be about during COVID, but looking back on it outside of 2020, it, it feels very much like that. <laughs> okay, um, awesome. <laughs> but yeah, the, the Mabimbam animations had gone um, a little bit big and they reached out on Twitter and said, uh, hey, I don't know if you do this, but you know, would you be interested in uh, animating a bit of our podcast for us for uh, X amount of money? And it was... Um, it, uh, it was about £200, which, you know, if 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 I was asking for a commission on a, a two-minute animation now, it would be more than that, we'll say. But at the time, £200 was mind-blowing, and it was the, the most money I'd ever seen. <laughs> That's not true. But it was a very big amount of money, and it was that kind of moment where I thought, oh, God, people will actually pay me to do this that's that's what a job is is this a job oh my god <laughs> um and then even more so um when in comment sections people were saying hey do you have a patreon you should set up a patreon and it hadn't really crossed my mind but i thought yeah go on then and then expecting the one person who commented it to su uh, support me on there it ended up getting like about 10 i think in that first week and I, again, freaked out and was like, oh, God, <laughs> this is another bit of income and another bit of stability. And that's that's kind of what it's always been about. It's been about trying to find stability and trying to find, you know, enough sources of income that, you know, if something goes wrong, you know, I've got something to back it up. And that's, that's again, what I mean about kind of it feeling like running away from a snowball going downhill that, you know, the amount of reliance I have on the YouTube algorithm in quote marks is you know ridiculous if if youtube decides to delete my channel tomorrow then i will go back to working in a shop and that's fine i will have enjoyed <laughs> i will have enjoyed the time i've spent doing this um that is an exaggeration i <laughs> i pay myself um just over minimum wage and anything else i make i save and that 
you know, it's for that reason. If something goes wrong, I've got that money to lie back on. And, you know, I've, I've basically always got in my mind, I have this amount of months of wage that I can live on uh, until I have to find a solution <laughs> type thing. And that's something that I recommend to anyone as well that is trying to get into a creative field or kind of trying to monetize their hobby. I would say, you know, stick to the day job. If you're in education, focus on your education, but any money that you can make, put aside and just kind of, I'm, I'm very risk averse. So that would be my kind of uh, suggestion for it. Um, I have forgotten the original question. <laughs> no, no, that, that's, you, you went straight to the next thing that I wanted to talk about, Lovely. Uh, which, which was your Patreon. Um, you, you have a, an impressive Patreon. And, yes. and also I noticed uh, in your community tab on YouTube, mm -hmm. uh, you do this amazing thing that I am definitely going to steal from you, <laughs> uh, um, which is that you are um, putting a, a post uh, in your community tab about mm. early access uh, yes. for a video that you are then releasing to the public a, a week later yes. on YouTube. And... Um, so what, what was the quote unquote expectation from, uh, from the people who signed up to your Patreon? Uh, is that what, uh, you promised to deliver like, uh, early access or are there any other things in your Patreon that are uh, exclusive to your Patreon community? Yeah, I... <laughs> So the problem is this is framed in a way which plays on one of my fears because the answer is no, that is pretty much it. <laughs> it shocks me to this day that so many people have chosen to support me on, on Patreon and I am endlessly grateful for it. I'd still, you, you talk about the 67,000 subscribers that I can, I can picture the idea of, uh, I think it's about 360-ish, maybe, um, supporters on Patreon. The concept of filling a hole of people who have, you know, put their hands in their pocket and said, I will give this person money for something that feasibly I will get for free in a week's time or in, at the moment, in five days' time. Um, that I, I adore, I cherish, I am so grateful for, but that I cannot comprehend, honestly. Um, yeah, uh, something that I do do very rarely, often twice now, and I did, um, literally, yesterday oh god yeah yesterday um is i have said thank you one by one to every single person on that list so there's a 30 minute oh. video on my second channel that went up yesterday of me saying thank you to 300x people um yeah but beyond that it's it's really this kind of uh i i the thing is i can never justify this in a way that doesn't that warrants why it has so many people following. And again, imposter syndrome, fine, but that many people shouldn't be following me on there. Um, it's, it's one of these where I, something that I would suggest for someone else setting up Patreon for something like this is having a reward that, you know, as a creator, you can stand by. I, at one point was going to have, you know, like exclusive content on there. I was never going to put up exclusive animations because I knew I just couldn't mentally afford to do that, but it would be like behind the scenes pictures, um, you know, exclusive streams, stuff like that. I've, I've toyed with loads of different ideas, but having 
a reward that I can fall back on that I know I can do because I schedule it that way, having just early access to animations that I'm already making is uh, wonderful for me as a creator. And again, it's very difficult to explain why so many people are <laughs> supporting me for that, um, but I appreciate it endlessly. Um, something as well that I would suggest for anyone setting up a Patreon is if you can afford to, or if you're doing what I'm doing and your only rewards are stuff that you're already making, have multiple tiers, but don't differentiate between them. I, I think it's I really important. That. Yeah, I think it's really important that if someone wants to support me, as much as, you know, the, the 10 pounds or the $10 is, you know, 10 times more valuable in, in my spreadsheet <laughs> than $1, I absolutely need the person supporting me to know that the fact that they're supporting with anything is, you know, endlessly meaningful and important. And, you know, the majority of people on there are supporting for $1, but, you know, that all adds up. And I, I don't think I would have that many supporters or followers if there was some kind of tiered system. Um, so, yeah, that's, that's something I'd suggest to anyone setting up a Patreon, especially if they're doing the same thing as me, where they're not having any kind of, you know, really exclusive rewards for being part of it, I guess, is how I would describe it tentatively. <laughs> I can tell you, like... It's going to sound weird, but um, like with my Patreon, I have a Patreon and I have three people on it uh, mm. at the moment. Um, and I feel like at least what uh, people have have told me, like in like when I set up the, pa- the Patreon and people signed up, mm. uh, it felt like there wasn't this kind of expectation for exclusive content. Yeah. Um, uh, like people, people want to find like this, this other way that feels more valuable to support you. Yeah. Um, it's like people won't, won't sign up to your Patreon just because you will give them uh 20% off on <laughs> a commission or something. Yeah. Uh, uh, it's, it's, it could be lovely, but I don't think that's why they're there. They're yeah. there because of you and what you create. Yeah, um, no, exactly. And that's, that's kind of what I hoped and that's what I wanted. And that's kind of what I aimed for. And that's why I did it that way with, you know, without the meaningful differences between tiers, but I just didn't expect it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Especially to this scale. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, I think like, um, one of the things that I uh, started doing, which just feels very good to me, it does. I don't know how uh, uh, the audience like they they uh, like. It's not that they don't like it, but uh, uh, it's it's like it, it, for lack of a better term, I didn't ask them about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just like say, as you said, thank you. I just, yeah. in every of my interview videos, I have like this end screen where yeah. I list all of their names and say yes. thank you to my Patreons. Uh, patrons. I, some, some <laughs> I don't know say, either. <laughs> yeah, so, some people say Patreons and some people say patrons. I um, think I say Patreon supporters because I still don't know which one's right. <laughs> yeah, it's like this, it's merging of Patreon supporters <laughs> with Patreon patrons. <laughs> um, yeah, okay, so... Uh, so we talked about Patreon mm-hmm. and uh, we talked about commissions. So 
And that brings us to, uh, you'd think that this would uh, bring us to present day. Uh, mm-hmm. But there is something that uh, we didn't mention here until now. And mm-hmm. uh, like, I, I do want to hop into that before we like uh, go into um, other things uh, in your in your journey. And that was the struggles. Like sure. your your we kind of painted your uh, your journey in, in a very linear way, mm-hmm. uh, which is you started, you did this, and then now you have all of these patrons, commissions, and and success. Uh, but tell me about like for any beginner content creators out there, tell me about those struggles that you faced uh, during your journey and and how you climbed up uh, from those uh, pits of of near despair. <laughs> yeah, I. It's a really it is, it is a difficult one because, and I I think, I guess anyone in this position would say this, but from where I am now looking back, it, it does kind of feel linear. It does feel like it was all eventually kind of coming to this, whether through luck or or not. I I guess in general, that kind of, like you say, that pit of despair is when you are putting out content and at the time you are thinking like, this absolutely deserves more, you know, uh, more appreciation and more love or anything like that. I think it, it's one of these where the way I kind of got through that is just, the absolute kind of <laughs> no, I was gonna, I was gonna phrase this in such a depressing way, but the absolute <laughs> lowering of expectations, and I, <laughs> I want to put that in a nicer way, but genuinely, you know, I made these animations without any expectation of people subscribing. I, I have, I, I, I don't want to say this on record because it might be wrong, but I feel like I've never actively made a call to action where I've said, please subscribe. Or I've said like, stay tuned till next week. Like it's always kind of implied, and it's it's more this expectation of if people like what I'm making, they will watch it, and if they don't, that's absolutely fine. It's only now that it's become you know a full time job that there's this feeling of momentum, this feeling of uh, running away from the snowball. <laughs> um, so I guess the kind of biggest uh, struggle is that kind of that no man's land before you know you hit your audience um i guess a a nicer more active thing that you can think about is maybe kind of looking in different places for what your audience is um i mean at the time when i was making game grumps animated you know right at the very start of the channel and making only plays animated you know one or two would do very well and then long term they just wouldn't get any traction and that's fine that's because uh that's the thing, because at the time I would have thought, oh, well, I just need to be better at animating or I just need to, you know, find the right the right niche, I guess. And then all I did was I kept trying different things, really minute changes to styles. And then the kind of first one that YouTube seemed to like was the McElroy's Go On A Ghost Tour. And that was the first one that I did that had uh primary colors <laughs> for the characters so i've done a couple of mabim bam ones beforehand but this was the first one where travis was red justin was yellow and grafen was green and that was in the thumbnail and it was the first time that i did a video where the thumbnail was just a clip of the of the video so there wasn't some kind of professional professionally there wasn't some like intentionally made thumbnail it was just you know 
this is what the animation is going to look like. So people clicked on it. And that that actually became a key philosophy, actually, of my channel. I didn't really think about that until just now. But the fact that every <laughs> thumbnail I do is just, you know, a screenshot from the animation. I don't, you know, add anything to them. And that seems to have done me a lot of favors. Um, and thinking about it, I guess I decided my style to begin with because I wanted a more interesting thumbnail. So I don't know. I'm sure you can read into that somehow. I don't know if I've got the brain space for it right now, but, (laughs) um, yeah, I, I guess the answer to the question is perseverance, whether you find that through a lack of expectations or just through absolute grit and determination depends on the person. Um, one thing that I would say, and I don't know if this is going to be an answer to a future question as well, but whatever you do, if you're trying to monetize something, make sure you're doing it comfortably, make sure you're doing it in a way where you're still enjoying it. There's, I have no idea who said it, if it's even a a saying, but there's this one thing I've heard where it's to become an expert in anything, you have to practice it for a thousand hours or 10,000 hours or something like that. 10,000, yeah. Yeah. So if you're going to do 10,000 hours, do it in a way that you enjoy it. And that's kind of what animation was for me. Like I, I knew that to get good at it, uh, I genuinely wanted to caveat with if I am good at it, but um, yeah, if you want to kind of get to a good kind of uh, skill level at something, you're going to need to do it a lot. So do it in a way that's comfortable. Um, there was a book that uh, every animator read one year and I can't remember what it is. It's probably around me somewhere. Um, but it's like the art of animation by Richard Williams, I think. And in it, one of the tips that he gives was if you're animating, do not listen to music. It will put you off. It will distract you and it will make you a, uh, a lazier animator. And I don't care if that's true. I need to listen to music when I work. Otherwise I will lose the will to live. <laughs> so I would say, whatever you do, do it in a way that's comfortable. If that means changing your workspace, do that if you can. If it means taking very regular breaks, do that if you can. Just whatever you're working, whatever you're doing, don't do it in a way that you don't enjoy it because you think it makes it better, I guess is the uh, a, a good way of putting that. Okay, so these were uh, these were a lot of good lessons to uh, like to include into this kind of uh, uh, climbing out of out of the pit, <laughs> so to speak. Yeah. Um, so I do want to like uh, uh, pull on that string a bit uh, before we move to fan questions, which we are going to enjoy very much. Lovely. Um, uh, so I do want to like say um, I, if you had to start from scratch today, mm-hmm. what would you have done differently? It's, oh, it's a really difficult one to answer because I'm very happy with where I am right now. So I, I guess I would have experimented more in the early stages. I, I kind of, I drew what I could and I animated the way that I could. And I, I experimented very like incrementally. And what I would say is if I was doing it from scratch again, whatever, you know, path I wanted to take, whether it was animation or if it was music or art or anything like that, I would try 10 different styles uh, in, in 10 different ways or 10 different processes. And then after that, decide which one I preferred or which couple I preferred and then build on those. I don't think I did that very much to begin with. I kind of stuck to my guns and said, well, if people don't like it, they don't have to watch it. And that's true. But also it doesn't lead to growth, I would say. So yeah, ex- experiment more. Okay. Um, 
Yeah. Okay. So this is a, a good uh, a good segue uh, to talk about fan questions. Uh, these people do like your stuff and they do watch <laughs> it. Um, so we are going to uh, to begin. I I will say to my viewers, I will give now just a general apology to anyone I might butcher their name <laughs> uh, with my foreign pronunciation. Uh, so uh, please forgive me. I am uh, just reading from a sheet of uh, 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 of questions. Um, okay, so let's start with the first one. Uh, this is a question from Not Sharpen. Mm -hmm. uh, what's your favorite flavor of bread? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I told you to old, come back to hunt That old question. <laughs> <laughs> um, the people have to know. This is what, this is going to be the thumbnail. This is going to be the title. <laughs> <laughs> um, this might be the whole video. It might be a two minute video and you cut the rest. Uh, yeah, I cut so the rest. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I can cut a bit from the, from the interview. <laughs> Um, my favorite flavor of bread is white, um, <laughs> and that's because I, I don't know, I don't look after my health. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> okay, uh, it's, now it's out there. <laughs> there's not, there's gonna, not too much more to delve in on that, I don't think. <laughs> you're going to need to take responsibility for your answers. <laughs> Let me see if I've got any hot takes. Oh, I have got one hot take. People toast their toast too much. I've decided as a, as a general rule of thumb, you need to toast your bread enough that it barely changes color, but it's like crispy to touch. That is perfect bread and everyone else is wrong. That's my hot take. Okay, that's good. <laughs> I like it. Now we've got uh, some clickbait. <laughs> now we've got some controversy. <laughs> Get in the okay. comments. Get in the comments. Get, Get in, in the, the comments. comments. <laughs> I'll fight all of you in there. <laughs> um, okay, the next one is from Anemon Anemonemily. <laughs> yes, so Anemonemily is a frequenter of my streams and is on my Patreon. And I make fun of the fact that she they have the most impossible name to pronounce. <laughs> Yeah, an Eminem. Okay, says. Nail, nailed it. Eminem. <laughs> uh, uh, if you could collab with anyone to make anything, unlimited budget, what would it be? Oh my word! Um, I or oh. see, this is where I just show my lack of knowledge of the industry. Um, I would collaborate with like 30 different artists that I follow on Twitter and animators on Twitter in the sense that I would like money to set up a studio and then I would just work on whatever we work on. I don't know, we'd put together a, a show or a, a, a sitcom like Bob's Burgers style. I don't know. Um, more realistically, uh, I don't know, it would be nice to collaborate with the people I've worked for and with, um, you know, I, I probably will end up collaborating with Bug Hunter again um, in some capacity and Drawfee would be lovely and Mabimbam at some point. I don't know. It's too open-ended. Everyone. <laughs> I would like to collaborate with a room full of animators. How about that? <laughs> okay. Uh, but tell me more about that studio that you mentioned. Is that something <laughs> Is that something that, you, that if given the opportunity, would you really like open up a studio uh, where uh, uh, co content creators can work together? Yeah, I I think that's that can be a a fine 
unachievable dream that I will keep in the distance. I don't mind having uh, unattainable goals. Um, yeah, I, I guess it would be nice if I had enough money to to begin with to help someone or get someone to help me animate. You know, at the minute I'm making one animation a week and uh, struggling with that in terms of keeping on top of it. Um, that's not like a mental health thing. I'm fine in terms of that. It's just physically being able to keep up with doing that every week is tricky. So yeah, if I had enough money, I would love to hire an assistant to help me with, I don't know, lip syncing to begin with and then whatever else. But um, yeah, if if the channel just keeps exponentially growing, I guess that would turn into... Uh, I'll tell you what it would turn. It would turn into a reality. Yeah, go on then. <laughs> Yeah. Um, so maybe yeah, go on, we'll have a studio. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Aaron. Uh it's, it needs to be said, okay? <laughs> um Okay, the next question is from M, just the letter M. Okay. Uh what is your process or assets for animating from a show you frequently draw from like Drawfee? <clears throat> cool. So the process pretty much start to finish is I will either hear something really funny because I just already watched that show naturally, whether it's Draw Film or Bam or anything else, college humor. Um, I will hear something funny or there will be enough comments about something being funny that I will seek it out. Or I have a community discord and there is a channel in there just for animation suggestions. So people will suggest stuff in there. Uh, if I listen to it and it is explicitly really funny or if it feels like it should be animated or if I feel like I can add something to it by animating it or if not add something, give something different by animating it, um, then I will get that audio somehow, whether that's just downloading it or recording it or something like that. And then I will put it into Audacity, cut it up in a way where it works as an animation. I try and leave kind of I try and leave audio kind of together as, as most naturally as possible. But if there's certain bits that I need to chop and change, I don't mind doing that. Um, from Audacity, take that exploited file and put it into Toon Boom, which is what I'm using at the minute, Toon Boom Harmony. Um, from there, it's an empty file. Uh, looks like most animation software, if you know what it looks like. It's got a timeline view and a uh, everything else. <laughs> um, take the audio. I will then, for shows that I regularly animate, as M said, um, I do have assets kind of saved in a library. So for Drawfee, I have, you know, one character rig for Jacob, one for Karina, one for Nathan, one for Julia. I mean, that's a lie. I actually have like five or six of each because I don't delete the ones <laughs> that I don't use anymore because I'm a, a pain for that. Um, but I will literally take those, drag them basically onto the timeline. Um, and then from there, it's like a, a puppet um, it's like those kind of like paper puppets with little joints and hinges more closely than like a 3D puppet, uh, if anyone knows what I'm talking about. Um, and then from that, I would just kind of, uh, you know, tweak them, move them about and, you know, animate them as you animate anything. Um, I try to have kind of fairly reusable backgrounds a lot of the time. So for example, uh, Drawfee's 
uh, background for a lot of them is their kind of home. I, I thought it was their office when I first drew it. So it's called their office on my uh, Toon Boom file, but it turns out <laughs> that it is just Jacob and Julia's home. So I feel a little bit weird now that I've drawn their home and I've just got it on my computer. Um, but yeah, it, I, I tend to have a lot of backgrounds that I reuse as well. And then in every animation, there's a lot of camera work and there are lots of props that I do need to draw. So I do still draw new things as well, as much as I make fun of the fact that I drew one kind of set of mouths about two years ago and I'm still using them now. <laughs> um, but yeah, there's, it, it's a really kind of, that's a really simple, basic version of the process. You don't export the animation when it's done and put it on YouTube and all that. But um one thing I will say, if you don't mind me shilling for a li uh, little bit, Aaron, uh, most sure. Mondays, <laughs> most Mondays I stream the process on Twitch. Um, that will give you a better insight of what it actually looks like. Um, but as a as a holistic view, that's probably the shortest uh, explanation I can give it, start to finish. <laughs> okay, um, you did mention Twitch now, which I mm -hmm. I wanted to ask you about, uh, and uh, for some reason I don't see it on my notes. Uh, <laughs> But, uh, but yeah, I, I feel like this, uh, this is a good, uh, place to talk about, uh, uh streaming on Twitch. Mm -hmm. I did notice that you have like a around a thousand, almost a thousand subscribers on Twitch. Sure. Um, and that one I, I feel like even less attention to, I've got to be honest, sorry, I have no idea. <laughs> you could have, you could have told me it was two. I would have believed you. <laughs> I did my homework. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Um, but, uh, I feel like, uh, this is a good, uh, a good way to engage with you, like, uh, to mm. have, uh, doing those streams and, and people knowing about them. Um, like, do you engage with your audience, like with people who come to those streams? Uh, like, is it productive at all or or is this like a uh I, I mean you you said like you need music and, and all that like doing a stream while you're animating does that kind of quote-unquote work for you um so i guarantee there's there's usually about uh about 20 people who regularly come to those streams that i know by name um the the two actually first questions that you asked were not sharpen and an m and emily i'm sure both of those are, are stream regulars and if any of them are listening to this, all of them will have laughed at you saying, is it productive? Because absolutely no, it is not. Um, it is the worst thing I could have done for my work ethic, my work, my work career, but I'd still love it. Um, the, <laughs> the reason why I, I did Twitch, basically I'd started last January. Um, the main reason I did it is because I'd been doing it, uh, animation full-time for about half a year at that point. Uh, and I pretty much hadn't talked to anyone apart from my fiance for about six months. <laughs> and I thought, right, I need to remember how to talk to people. Um, <laughs> so I thought I will do Twitch. Hey, Absolutely. I'm here. I know, yeah. <laughs> oh, I wouldn't have been able to do this about that year of Twitch, I promise. Um, but yeah, I, uh, it, it was just one of these where, again, absolutely no expectations. I was hoping for, you know, three or four people, not necessarily regulars, but at least three or four people to show up and I could, you know, bounce off of. Um, but no, it kind of grew into this thing where we've got this little community. Um, they're all on this Discord channel. There's some awful branding around piss, which I'm not proud of. Uh, so it's called the piss cord for anyone listening uh, from there. <laughs> um, we'll have to include the link to that in the description <laughs> of the video. Oh, no, we won't. <laughs> um, 
but yeah, it's it, it 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 was never meant to be productive. It was never meant to be genuinely useful in terms of animating. It is fun. I really enjoy doing it. I'm not going to stop doing it anytime soon. Um, but no, it was never it was never meant to be genuinely productive. Um, it is nice though. It's nice to have people who you know clearly find it because of my work and already know about my work. And, you know, it's a nice little ego boost to every week be working on something and someone says, oh, I love the way you make their eyes shake. And I'm like, oh, thank you very much. And then I carry on <laughs> making their eyes shake. And I don't know, it's it's probably uh, an unhealthy feedback loop to surround myself in fans for one hour every week. But um, yeah, it's not productive, but it's nice. <laughs> okay, that's awesome. Uh, it, it doesn't need to be productive. It's, it's like, it, it makes it so fun like the, it's 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 a good way to engage with mm. you and you and for you to engage with your audience uh, that's so yeah. cool okay so the next question is from Nero I hope mm-hmm. I'm pronouncing that right uh, the work you do with animating the characters on screen due to their common shape associated to your art style is restrictive enough that most of the action comes from facial expressions. Mm-hmm. Do you plan to ever change into a more body movement oriented rig in the future? And did your experience with animating faces come from any sort of pre- previous background? Um, I, it, it's one of these where I never want to kind of set anything in stone because I, I mean, literally last night going to bed, I said to my fiance, like, oh, I'm, I'm, I think maybe I'm going to look into hiring someone as an assistant at some point. And then I woke up the next morning and went, absolutely not. That's a terrible idea. Not right now. <laughs> so I, I am the biggest flake in terms of making plans. So there's definitely no intentional immediate plans to kind of make more kind of fluid body movements. But at the same time, that is a very obvious thing that I know that I could do to improve my animation style or at least give me more kind of options in terms of animation style. Um, the reason why it's like that unsurprisingly is because it's easy to animate. Um, if you watch my animations 90% of the time, it will be focusing on a character from shoulders up as I am on camera right now, because it's, you know, it's very readable, but it's easy to animate because I don't have to draw a foot, which is great. Um, (laughs) but uh yeah it's i guess it just didn't feel as important at the time um i you know when i was animating podcast clips it was very rare that it felt like i could make a clip better by showing like full body movement you know i wasn't trying to animate action scenes or anything like that but as i get a little bit more experimental and a bit more uh what's the word i'm looking for uh ambitious yeah that's that's definitely something that i should change to the rigs because they're not very uh <laughs> uh fluid with that at the minute they, they still fit the purpose they still do the job um but yeah that's something that i like to do as well every now and then like it's usually once or twice a year i'll just kind of fuck with all the rigs and and fix them up in a slightly better way that they just make the work process easier or give me a better chance to you know animate what i kind of want to animate quickly Okay, uh, you did mention uh, your camera, and now there's there's this question that's floating in my head. Mm-hmm. Um, um, can you explain how this works? How, how do you <laughs> like how do you make this happen? 
This is a, uh, I, I'll be honest, I literally Googled PNG Tuber software or YouTube did about a week ago, I think, and did this in my break. Uh, also, I had a couple of weeks off. Uh, it is using a bit of software called Viedo Tube Mini. Uh, okay. It's free. It Literally, all it does is it asks for like four PNGs, uh, one it, it suggests one with eyes open, or sorry, two with eyes open, two blinking, one with mouth open, one with mouth closed. Uh, and it's just four PNGs that obviously react to the mic. Uh, and then beyond mm. that, because the, the actual PNG tuber is on like a green screen, uh, the rest of it is just OBS. So it's just images. So the desk. Um, I don't know if you've got me on full screen, if you've got the same square that I'm looking at, Oran, but you can't actually see... Uh, do you want to expand uh, the frame on me for a second? Because you might have missed something that I put in the bottom left that I was going to refer to. Okay, I okay, I I now see it. <laughs> There's this little heart. Okay, um, I I will say like uh, we for 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 the audience who's, who's listening to this, uh, mm-hmm. my point of view is I have like this two portrait uh, portrait style um, mm-hmm. um, kind of of cameras and uh i don't see the full frame as we are (laughs) filming but afterwards when we get the recording of this from riverside uh we will have like full frames for each of us so so my editor can alternate okay Um, everyone else will know what we're talking about then but you didn't Um, yeah (laughs) the rest of it is just images um on obs which is why i used to stream so uh the the desk in front of me the little rick diggins the drawfee mug and the photo frame of yourself or youtube channel anyway (laughs) Uh, that's one image (laughs) Uh, that's the one image and then the image of a bedroom wall a guitar the framed photo of the porky pig thumbnail and the bug hunter poster that's another image uh, and it's literally just layered so that's it so very uh, very easily put together (laughs) okay Uh, awesome that's so cool Um, okay the next question is from Joyride Mm-hmm. Um, how do you select clips or moments to animate? Do you look for any quality in particular or just general funny or memorable moments? We kind of discussed this earlier, but if, mm. if you have like any, any extra that you want to add to how you yeah. pick your, uh, your moments. Yeah. I mean, as much as I want to say, it's probably just a vibe. <laughs> it just, you, you kind of listen to something and if it feels like it'd be good to animate, it usually is. It, you know, if I look into the technicalities of it, it's usually something that has an element of role play to it because that makes it very easy to kind of add an animated layer, um, but sometimes not. I mean, for example, a game changer animation that I just did of uh, Brendan Lee Mulligan's rant. Frankly, there's not a much, there's not too much in there that I could really think that would take it out of the space, and that's probably just because I didn't give it enough time. I'm sure I could have created an entirely new scenario. Um, but like elements of uh, the Icarus shot, I thought having the sun behind him would kind of add to that. So and good. So <laughs> good. I love turning this. into the, the Minotaur and stuff like that. There's there's different things that you can always do if you find something funny enough. But generally, stuff with role plays tends to be very good. If there isn't an explicit role play, sometimes it's funny to add one in. Uh, a Drawfee animation that I did recently involved Jacob uh nathan and karina talking about julia's gnoming uh obsession that means absolutely nothing to anyone i imagine but it it just happened to work really well as an audio to imagine them in like an interrogation room so if you can add like an extra layer to that that's always funny 
Uh, I would be very surprised though if I didn't like watch back all of my animations and it turns out that they all just have really loud laughter. That is always <laughs> a big winner for animations. If people in the studio are dying of laughter, that's always fun to animate as well. So. I guess, I guess those are the kind of few things that I look for, but largely it's, do the fans really like this? Will people want to see this animated? Will I be able to make this clip funnier or differently funny, laterally equally as funny by animating it? And that's, I think that's as kind of uh, in depth as I can imagine it. Okay. So I, I think like uh, one thing that's, that is very good in terms of like, uh, like, your picks, uh, it is that, like, for example, with, with the Brennan Lee Mulligan rant, uh, it, it also helps that Brennan's language is, is very, mm. like, descriptive. Uh, yes. the Minotaur escaped and all, all that, like, yes. it, it makes it, it makes it easy to, to, like, I don't know, uh, I'm not an animator, <laughs> uh, but, but it, it does feel like, uh, this would be a good thing to animate if you were to animate uh, that kind of brand. Yeah, uh, I think, I guess, emotive language as well, or just emotive behavior. I think that must come into it to an extent. If if it feels like an obvious kind of, yeah, I guess strong emotions are, are important, whether it's laughter or anger. I, I've been apparently animating a lot of people very angry recently, <laughs> Brennan included. So yeah, I guess strong emotive responses are good to animate. <laughs> Shout out to Brandley Morgan. We'll love you. We'll Shout love out you. to Brandley Morgan. <laughs> okay, the next question is from Sam. Mm-hmm. Uh, what or who are some of your influences or inspirations? Ooh. Um, so, back when I was watching Game Grumps, uh, I think probably my favorite, and this kind of went into only plays as well, was Brandon Turner. Um, who's just an excellent YouTube animator. I'd recommend his stuff if you haven't seen his stuff by accident at some point, which I imagine you would have. Um, a little bit of a sadder one, but uh, at the time, one of my bigger influences was uh, Lemony Fresh or Steve Dorian, who was, again, a Game Grumps animator who sadly passed away uh, September 2021. Um, he actually he commented on quite a lot of my things. Um, and, you know, at the point where I was looking up to him as an animator, that was amazing. And then he started talking to me a little bit on Twitter and that was lovely. Um, and he was, he was one of these few people I was kind of asking questions about when people were commissioning me. And I'd say like, you know, obviously you've been doing this for a while. How do you, how do you go about this? And I'd kind of rely on him for advice a bit. Um, but so cool. yeah, in, in general, who I look up to, oh, I, I, it's bad, but I think I look up more to kind of shows than I look up to people. I know that's not the greatest answer because I should probably know the individuals on those shows. Um, but I mean, like, I guess in that sense, you could say like Alex Hirsch is someone I look up to because Gravity Falls is, I think, probably the best animated show out there. Oh, that feels like a big claim. But um, yeah, uh, uh, Alex Hirsch then. Um, but yeah, I look up to shows like Steven Universe, Adventure Time. Um, Arcane lately as well. Uh, uh, Spencer One actually would be a good answer to this question because he's been on Drawfee a few times and he's an insane animator uh, who's worked on things like Owl House as well uh, and Castlevania, which is insane. It, it, I don't, I don't have like a, a framed photo of like James Baxter at my desk, but like there's there's lots of different animators who I love and respect, but I don't. 
tend to have like an answer to that kind of question, I guess. It's fine. <laughs> I mean, I, like, I just came yeah. up with like 10 names, so maybe I didn't, but <laughs> yeah, I guess that's as good an answer like, as I can give One, two, three, four, five, <laughs> but I don't really have an answer for this. <laughs> I guess I do. My fiance, my fiance is my inspiration. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, the next question is from Digital Unity. Mm-hmm. Um, why don't you respect Jacob? Uh, but as a more serious question how do you manage to make such simple character designs convey so well cool so we'll do the first one (laughs) Um, that is that is uh if you haven't gathered an in joke in the community um a lot of the people who follow my stuff are drawfee fans there was a lovely episode or stream, I should say, uh, the Drawfee did where they talked about my work. Uh, I accidentally started beef with one of their hosts, <laughs> Jacob. Um, I didn't realize other people pointed it out first, but people pointed out that like out of the last six animations at the time, five of them had one host at the butt of every joke. And that's just the way they kind of format the show. I don't think that's my fault, but it did look a little bit like I was second-handedly bullying him by just animating <laughs> all these moments where he got like fake upset. Um, so on on their stream, they mentioned it and said, we're going to fight Deep Blue Ink or Jacob said specifically, I'm going to fight Deep Blue Ink when I next see him. I'm gonna, we're going to throw down. Um, and then obviously a, a red rag to a bull. I animated that. <laughs> um, and at the, at the end of that, um, they said something about how much they love seeing uh, fan work and how much they loved seeing people's animations of them. And then Jacob said, except deep blue ink, I'm going to fight. Um, I hope that no one watches the animation of this being animated because I was there listening live and I said, I'm animating this just so you know. <laughs> and he said, great, I hope no one watches it, but I hope everyone leaves a comment and I hope it has a thousand comments saying, out of respect for Jacob, uh, I will not be watching this video. Uh, and surprise, surprise, a lot of people commented that on that video, but it turns out because the Drawfee fans are as petty as I am. Uh, they all commented out of disrespect for Jacob. Uh, I will be watching this animation. And that has been a common through thread uh, on every video I've put up since. I am sure that's not the only question you got out of, <laughs> out of your batch. It makes so much more sense now. <laughs> um, so yeah, I have a huge amount of respect for Jacob, but don't tell him that. <laughs> Um, the Um, other question about how much I am able to kind of get immersion into the animations I uh, oh I don't know maybe I would credit that to watching things like Steven Universe Um, I have definitely you know in the past when I've been drawing different faces and drawing different kind of assets from my own animation I've referenced them I think the reason why uh, I draw eyes as dots and kind of long dots as they are is probably adventure time the reason why i draw mouths and eyebrows the way they are is probably because of steven universe um uh i don't know why i don't draw noses oh no that's adventure time as well i don't know <laughs> um i guess the emotion the emotion and well, i guess the the reason i'm able to get that kind of emotive is because i spend quite a lot of time on the facial expressions like i say when i'm not spending a lot of time drawing body animation uh yeah, it it kind of, it makes sense that I kind of listen out for it. I guess that's the thing as well. I kind of, I keep a very close ear to the audio that I'm animating. And if I can bring in some kind of extreme emotion, I will. 
Um, and like I said earlier, I try and lean towards uh, emotional responses in my audio anyway. So that's probably uh, all contributing towards it. Okay. Uh, the next question here is not really a question for you, but it's just a, a lovely comment uh, mm -hmm. that I got as a question. Uh, 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 Quinn, uh, Q-U-I-N-N -N says, what is this? A crossover episode? <laughs> Excited to see the video. Me too. <laughs> oh, lovely. That's cute. Um, okay. Yeah, me too, uh, actually. <laughs> uh, okay, so uh, Kilo, Kilo, mm -hmm. Kilo uh, says uh, or asks, how much, how much of your success do you attribute to your willingness to interact with folks in the comments shortly after an animation goes live? And do you experience any negative effects from doing so? So this is something we also talked a little bit before. Um, yeah. yeah, I. it's one of these where it, it's kind of hard to say because it, it might be in retrospect if I just never reply to a single comment who knows? Maybe it would be in the exact same position I, w I am at the moment. I, I don't believe that. I think that obviously engaging does encourage YouTube to push out views. But I think more importantly, like we touched on earlier, I think engaging with the community and engaging with the comment section the way that I have that encourages positive uh, discussions, comments, whatever and dissuades negative comments has been very good for my mental health. Maybe if I hadn't been, you know, interacting the way that I am, then maybe my comment section would suck and I would have given up YouTube years ago out of fear. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if there's like a, a kind of a good answer to it, but I, I'm certainly grateful that I have such a, a seemingly positive community comment section. Um, I mean, if nothing else, I think people have reached out to me on commission work um, based on on the way that I, you know, respond in comments. Um, if, if I'm being honest, like the reason why I respond to people in comments is less out of a kind of tactical need to kind of drive engagement as more just it, it feels like a little lap of honor for me. I, you know, I put these out every week and... It's, you know, 45, 50 hour days and it feels like a slog. And then I get to celebrate every Friday with a little ego boosting celebration of something that I made. And that's, uh, yeah, lovely for me. Uh, <laughs> Love this. So, yeah, I think that's, yeah. Okay. Uh, the next question here is from someone who shares my sure name, uh, oh. uh, just Cohen. Um, oh. uh, that's the name. Uh, I promise it's not me. I didn't send any questions <laughs> for for this. What do you think uh, of Oren? <laughs> do you like Oren deep bluing? <laughs> um, okay, so the question is, have you ever worked as an animator at an official studio or do you plan to in the future? Uh, I have not. The closest to any official work I've got is Dimension 20. So working with College Humor. Um, I very rarely sign contracts if I'm being honest. <laughs> um, no, I, I think about a year ago, my answer to this question would have been a lot different. I, my kind of attitude at the time was, you know, I am making an amount of money from YouTube. I have an amount of savings that will last me this many months. What I will do is I will keep animating um, and keep hopefully getting marginally, marginally better. And then who knows, maybe by the time I'm 27, I will be good enough to get like a junior role at an animation studio. Because um, 
the, the kind of the massive end goal the main kind of like focus for all of this as a career like forgetting that it's a hobby forgetting that it's a passion as a career is just stability and i'm sure that's the same for everyone you're looking for a source of income that you can live on pay rent on and, and everything like that um in the last year as the youtube channels continued to grow and become more reliable and as being on twitter has shown me being in an animation studio is less and less reliable and the idea of freelancing you know in an f- official capacity has become less and less um i don't know tempting i it, it's one of these where i would love to work on a show because there are so many shows that i love at the minute i mean if you gave me like a guest spot on owl house i would you know bite your hand off i would love to do something like that but it's no longer a goal because Honestly, working as a YouTube animator feels just as stable in terms of money as working in a studio because I've seen so many people on Twitter say, you know, in one tweet, I've just got my dream job at Warner Brothers Studios and then the next week I've just been let go and the project's been scrapped and I could not think of anything worse than, you know, putting, you know, months and months of time and energy and passion into a project just to have it pulled away by you know, a couple of suits. So it's it's one of these where it, it's still, you know, I would love to do something like that, but it's no longer an aspiration, I think. Um, but ask me again in a year's time when my YouTube channel's tanked and I'm being asked to work in a studio <laughs> and I would change my mind on a dime. <laughs> we talked about this. Your channel is not going to tank, okay? We it's never know. You never know. <laughs> <laughs> the snowball's coming. <laughs> Uh, okay um love this <laughs> um okay the next question here is from ethan um uh, how long does it usually take you to make a full animation and is there anything that you've learned to help speed up the process yeah this one i have a good answer for actually um at the minute it takes about four to five days um that is for a bog standard two minute animation where there's obviously no kind of feedback system, it's not a commission, it's not being, you know, it's not for anyone. Um, so there's so many like kind of storyboarding processes that I don't need to do. I don't storyboard any of my work, which angers a lot of artists that follow me on Twitch, <laughs> but I just kind of do everything on the fly. Um, yeah, so like for a bog standard YouTube animation, that's, you know, about a minute, half, two minutes, it takes about four or five days, which is why I'm able to upload so quickly. Um, that is because of the style of animation I have. If it was hand-drawn, I absolutely would not be able to. Um, the fact that it's rigged means that, you know, I have all these assets ready to go. Uh, if I need to make new assets, I usually have sub-assets that I can reuse. I mean, this, for example, uh, this avatar that I use, Deep Blue Ink, um, that's something I've not talked about. For some reason I think of this little white character as Deep Blue Ink and I'm Harry. Two different entities, but that's fine. Anyway, <laughs> Deep Blue Ink, you can see in the top right, as we're looking at it, at the top of his head, there's like a little overlap where the circle meets. When I first drew it two years ago, that I genuinely did draw two years ago and it's the same wow. head as Griffin. I, I all of it. <laughs> all of my character rigs are, de- are derivations of Griffin. Um, in the Twitch uh, chat, we have a joke about Griffin just being the beginning of everything. <laughs> um, so yeah, that, that obviously contributes to it all being fast, just the nature of how I animate. Um, and then yeah, to that end, things that have made it faster, obviously practice, but the software that I use, Toon Boom, and this is why I use Toon Boom, has a thing called a master controller. 
Um, and that is basically something you can kind of program into it. Uh, so instead of having to move the eyes layer to the left, move the mouth layer to the left, eyebrows to the left, uh, one ear to the left, one ear to the right, and kind of have them turn their head really slowly like that, it's programmed now where there's basically like a controller for it, a cursor. That I did, I think, either last April or the April before that. And that, you know, that doubled the speed of everything immediately. Um, I, at one point, learned a little bit of coding um, just using auto hotkey. So I know you're a, a software engineer, so you, I, I don't mind if you look down on that. A lot of my <laughs> a lot of my coding friends look down on that. Um, but I use auto hotkey to do things like, um, you know, there's a lot of things in animation that are just repeating the exact same, you know, series of key presses and having something like that has sped it up as well. So, yeah, there's lots of tiny things you can do and it all adds up. I, I would say, like, as a, as a software engineer, I am a software engineer, but I'm also a content creator. Yes. Uh, so, so I feel like, I feel like it, it's such a, it's such a bad vibe to look down on someone. Yes. Uh, like, if, 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 like, from your position as a software engineer, uh, <laughs> I, I don't think so. It's like, it's uh, it's no embedded C. It's very easy, and I'd recommend it for anyone that's trying to get into uh, or thinks they could benefit from something like that. Um, but yeah, I would say most creative processes probably can't be sped up with uh, <laughs> with scripts, but uh, certain bits of animation can. So yeah, that that helps as well. Okay, so the next question is from someone named Greg. Uh, mm-hmm. Do you have any long form animation projects? Um, no, I think the longest two animations I've done have both been commissions of sorts. One was a music video for Bug Hunter, um, which, uh, look it up if you've not seen it, Too Bad, Too Bad and the Ghost, it's very good. Is that the longest one? Oh, I don't know. Anyway, that. Um, and then another commission. Um, generally I, I stick to that kind of two minute, uh, length for animations just because it's... It kind of it, it encourages me to kind of condense an animation into being the funniest bit. If it does need to be longer, there's usually ways you can kind of like cap it a little bit. But uh, no, I've not got any plans at the minute for anything long form. Um, uh, the only thing I would say is at some point I would love to animate this one bit from Drawfee, which is um, it's known by the community as Imagine a Crab where it's about seven, eight minutes of them just doing this really awful um, hypothetical that goes on for way too long and is really funny, but I just can't find the time or find it in me to to animate that. At some point, I will probably animate that like one day at a time over the space of like six months and just do it that way because I can't like not upload for a month just to upload that one video because... It's not going to get like four times as many views. It might get less views because it's more than two minutes. That's that's something that I noticed when I first started animating that stuff does tend to do better when it sticks to a certain time. And I don't know if that's the algorithm or if that's just people. Um, but yeah, no plans at the minute, but it's something that I can do in the future, I'm sure. I think it. Uh, you, you raise a good point there. Uh, I think like the... Uh, I can tell you like from interviews that I did with Brennan, like mm. the, usually like the entire interview would get like a, an X amount of, uh, of, of views. But yeah. when I cut bits from, from the interview of specific questions and his yeah. answers to them, 
they get like 10x views. <laughs> yes, I've noticed that on yours. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> That's so funny. <laughs> um, yeah, so I think bits are, are probably uh, a good uh, a good solution, like staying uh, uh, in that two minute limit. Yeah, exactly. I mean, if if you know, if someone that I work on stuff of like if Drawfee turn around and say, oh, we just recorded an hour long episode, but we have lost the footage. Would you like to animate it for an hour? We'll pay you six months. I'll be like, yeah, okay, that's fine. I'll do that. But yeah, no plans at the minute. <laughs> awesome. Uh, okay. The next question here is from Tao or Teo. Uh, again, uh, uh, general uh, apology. Uh, <laughs> Uh, have there been any clips you wanted to animate but couldn't for some reason? Yeah, I mean, I, I actually saw this in the comment uh, asking for questions for this interview. Uh, and my answer was going to be specifically about the Imagine a Crab. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> beyond that, I nearly animated something over Christmas. Again, Drawfee, uh, where they talk about uh, peanuts having sex. And I kind of realized about a minute into animating that it probably wasn't going to slide with YouTube just the way it was framed. So I decided to kind of give up on that. Um, and luckily something else came along about the same time. So yeah, there's, there's been a couple of bits, um, that I've kind of skipped on, I guess, because I, I just don't think it'll work as an animation. Um, but no, the only one that really comes to mind is, is the imagine a crab bit and who knows, maybe I'll get to that at some point. <laughs> okay. Uh, uh, I mean, there, there's so many, like, uh, I'm thinking there's so many bits from dimension 20, uh, yeah. like that are probably going to do so well in your yes. art style. Um, <laughs> uh, but some of them I I'm thinking from a season, like a crown of candy, which was uh brutal uh, yes <laughs> and and i think like some of them probably are not going to fly with youtube uh yeah. but but as a general uh, animation project that could be very very cool yeah i adore a crown of candy i think it's my favorite <laughs> series i think yeah i think it must be i mean i did two of them for dimension 20 so that must be <laughs> that must be something are you um, keeping up with never after I'm not, I, I, it's one of these where I think I, I know, I'm so sorry. I know I'm speaking to Dimension 20's biggest fan. Get in the comments, this, but... get in the comments. <laughs> no, get out of the comments. <laughs> um, it's one of these where when I was first approached by College Humor to work for them, um, I'd seen Tiny Heist and that was about it. And then with each of the clips that were suggested to me and, and um, the person I was talking to, I don't know if I can name them, but they were suggesting different bits for me to animate when we knew we were going to be working together. Um, I went out of my way to watch every series as I was animating them. And it meant that I think I watched about something like 50 episodes of Dimension 20 in the space of about three months. And yeah, I, I loved them deeply. I think I burnt myself out on them, to be honest. So I will, I will come back to, to mention 20 in no time, but, uh, right now, uh, we've, we've given it a miss, unfortunately. <laughs> Is okay. it good though, Aaron? That's, that's the question. That's the follow up question. It's amazing. There we are. Then I will watch it soon. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, okay, the next question is from Rare Proton. Yes. Uh, have you read any good books lately? Is there one that really stood out? 
oh, this is an awful question because I just don't read. I, <laughs> I, I really, I, I never really have. I did English at uh, college and I read a couple of books from that. Frankly, I don't have the time or the patience. It's so bad. I know I, I need to. My partner is literally an English teacher, um, but I just don't have the time. And I've never been the kind of person that really gets sucked into a good book. I it always feels like a little bit of a slog, and maybe that's just because I'm reading the wrong books. But I I've never like yeah, I guess I've never felt like I've had the time to properly get into a good book. Um, so the answer is no, unfortunately, and that's kind of it. Um, I can recommend some books that my partner's read. Uh, go read Third A- uh, Thursday Night Murder Club by Richard Osman. <laughs> that's a good one, I, I think. Apparently, <laughs> I-, I won't say get in the comments, but people are going to be in the comments. Just so you know, I don't uh, read, and you're not allowed to. <laughs> um, okay, uh, the next question is from Alexi. Uh, I really like your original skits, uh, 15 excuses slash ways to propose. Uh, what's your process for making them? Do you plan to make, do you plan to make more? Yeah, that's very sweet. Um, thank you very much for saying so. Uh, I, so the process originally started because of Mythical Water, who, um, is another excellent, uh, animator. They, uh, did a couple of Drawfee animations before I'd heard of Drawfee, um, and they started showing up in my stream and we just got talking. They were in the Discord quite a lot. Um, and at one point, I can't remember who brought it up, but someone in the Discord just made conversation about originals. I'd, I'd always kind of thought about it, but not very much. Um, and then they said, hey, if you ever do do an original animation, let me know and we can do a collab. Because uh, they do endless amounts of original content on their channel. They're amazing. Follow them. Um and yeah, that was just kind of the, the kind of kick up the backside I needed. I thought, right, if I've got someone else in the process, I can't back out of it. And that's sometimes what I need to not like flake out on it. Um, and then, yeah. Accountability um, partner. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that's kind of why I got into it. It was uh, something that I just kind of always meant to, but never really had a good excuse to. Um, in terms of the process, it's difficult to say because I've only done it twice, but having the format of 15X has helped a lot. I'm halfway through writing a third one. Uh, I don't know when it'll go up. I don't know when I'll have time to animate it. Um, I might have another sponsorship on it. I might not. It's it's all kind of up in the air. So that's not uh, happening anytime soon, as in not in the next like month or so, but that's on the books as well. The process, once I came up with that format, was so in case you haven't seen it uh 15 excuses is literally just uh my character gets talked to by mythicals and they say hey do you want to go out for a drink or something like that or for a table tennis <laughs> championship I've, I think seen, it I've seen it it's very very good <laughs> Um, and I come up with 15 different ways of coming up with excuses and most of them are just animation jokes and that's kind of what was important that's kind of what I wanted to do um so yeah, I, I think the process was coming up with a funny joke and then coming up with a uh, a setting for that funny joke to work. And then once you had that setting and that kind of um, that style of joke or that kind of uh, that, that use of humor, it was just kind of building on that and just coming up with 14 more of them. Um, 
uh, and then, yeah, in, in terms of like more practically, what was the process? The, the first one I basically wrote in a couple of days on my computer because I was trying not to let down mythical. Um, the second one, I knew I wasn't going to be working with anyone um, outside of my household because my uh, fiance <laughs> was uh, in that. Uh, she voices herself. Um, and yeah, surprise, surprise, I got engaged in August and then released that animation a couple of months after. So for some reason, I think engagement might have been on my mind. So I'm sure I had <laughs> a couple of funny ideas from that when I was trying to come up with how to propose to, to my partner. Um, so yeah, I, again, it's, I guess the sample size is too small, <laughs> but the process is I, I came up with a, a scenario and then I wrote down as many things on my phone's note app and then deleted ones that I didn't think were actually that funny and then went from there. <laughs> There's something about like uh, 15 excuses uh, mm. that speaks to the introvert in me in such a, in such a, in such a special way. I love it so much. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> yeah, I definitely had 15 excuses ready to go. <laughs> that was that was not acting. Sorry. Uh, okay, the next question is from Olivia. Mm -hmm. um, how do you think of such creative settings for your animations? Some of them take place on tops of mountains, some of them in university lectures or at conventions. What's your process for thinking of the settings? Yeah, I think a lot of uh, my process in terms of animation is just trying to make sense of the audio. Um, obviously, you can, and I do do this, you can make sense of any clip of having X amount of people around a table. You know, the way that Mabim Bam is recorded is it's, you know, three men talking into microphones. And, you know, obviously a fallback for every animation of them could just be I animate them sat behind a microphone. And, you know, that would still work. But like I said earlier, the kind of audio I choose, it tends to be stuff that sounds like a role play. So, I mean, the examples that Olivia gave uh, on top of a mountain, that was Drawfee talking about um, being on top of a mountain. It was literally, it was part of the audio. I didn't do too much for that. Um, the There are some that I am really proud of. And for example, the one recently, uh, uh, Nathan gets gnomed. Uh, that again was a bit of a. It, it just kind of fell into place where it sounded like an interrogation room for a second, and I was like, "Oh, I wonder if I could expand on that." And then I tried. Uh, I cut the audio very slightly to make sure that it didn't break character. I guess. Um, but yeah, it's it's very rare that I will go out of my way to try and think of like different scenarios um there are loads of animators that do that really well brandon turner again is excellent at doing that kind of thing um he animates laughter as like different things happening every single time so like it's the character will turn into a dolphin or like the head will turn into a firework it's really good and something that i wish i could do more but it just doesn't fit in terms of the timing for how long it takes me to make these animations um, okay yeah um, okay, the next question is from Mary. How do you manage to put animations out so quickly and consistently? <laughs> You're the best animator I've seen on YouTube in terms of how often you upload and there are always quality videos. What is your workflow like in order to accomplish this? Oh, thank you very much. Um, it's all spite. It's just purely driven on determination and spite. Uh, <laughs> it's, no, it's, it's again that kind of momentum it's it's that element of fearing stopping <laughs> is a terrible way uh, to put it 
Uh, like I say, these animations take about four to five days, and that is just because of the way that I animate them. Um, I mean, I, I like to think that I'm getting faster, but when I first made that Porky Pig animation, I then put up an animation every single day or every single week, God, no, uh, every single week that <laughs> month. So like, you know, I, I could do weekly animations way back then. It's just that now I know how to make them cleaner, smoother and look a bit more polished. It's, you know, it's generally it's quite limited animation is where I've heard it described. Um, I think Ego Raps him, Aaron Hansen talked about it that way. Uh, and that feels like a good way of describing it. Like as, as immersive as it still is, it's, it's very simple animation. Um, and a lot of it is, de- is designed to be fast. So the fact that everyone has a circular head isn't a, uh, a coincidence. If you have a circular head and turn it 90 degrees, the outline still looks the exact same. So I don't need to edit that. If I give a character a chin, though, I then have to draw every single angle of that chin. Oh and that's why I try not to do that. <laughs> so, yeah, it's all by design. Um, it's simple character rigs and it's uh, fear. <laughs> it all comes together. It all comes together and it's all fear. <laughs> it's all fear. It's all fear. <laughs> Uh, okay. Um, the next question is from Nate Byers. Mm-hmm. Uh, in your animations, especially regarding the Brennan Lee Mulligan monologue, I have mm-hmm. noticed your use of subtle emotional cues, like the occasional eyebrow twitch or slightly cocking the head to the side. What was your favorite use of these an- of these emotional cues within the style of animation you produce? Uh, do you generally prefer using subtle cues or more stylized emotional cues, such as the Minotaur beat? Yeah, I again, I don't want to make it sound like it's a cop-out because it's not meant to be, but generally subtle cues like that are easier to put in. Like, it takes less thought than, you know, the Minotaur sequence. It's, it's one of these where if I'm animating something, I, I set myself uh, X amount of frames to do every day. So I've got a calendar in front of me right now that says... Uh, do 430 today and then 430 tomorrow next 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 um 400? so it's one of these yeah so 400 frames is <laughs> oh god i can't do the math uh it's like uh 18 seconds something like that um wow okay yeah and, yeah it, like, <laughs> it's one of these where you know if i'm at 12 o'clock in the day and i realize that i've already done like 300 of the 400 frames for example um you know, I might say, oh, you know what? Let's be a little bit more imaginative on the next shot. Let's be a little bit more creative. I don't always prefer them. I mean, for example, I think my favorite shot in the Brennan, uh, the Brennan animation that I did recently is probably the eye twitching. The fact that Brennan has the, um, the podium behind him reach this massive height, have the blinking zero. And then the only thing that we see of Brennan is him like moving about manically and then his eye twitching. It's such an easy thing to animate, but it just adds that element of, oh, he really has lost it. Um, and that, <laughs> that is, I think, what I kind of enjoy about that kind of style of animation. So it's, it's not meant to be a cop out, but it certainly is easier and takes less kind of thought or less kind of preparation for. Um, because if I, if I, you know, did a transformation sequence for every single shot, then I just wouldn't get anything done. <laughs> yeah. Okay. That's cool. Uh, I think the perspective is like, it seems like the, 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 the 
end product, uh, like the, the video, the two minutes uh, uh, video. Like you also mentioned it before uh, that it takes you like four to five days. Uh, mm. I think there's a lot of work behind the scenes that we, the audience, don't see. And yeah. it's much more harder than you make it seem. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and, and that's and kind of what yeah it, I think I yeah it's pretty impressive well. <laughs> thank you I, I want it to look smooth and clean and generally that should look easy if I it, it's very rare that I think someone will watch my animation and go oh my god that must have taken ages because usually it didn't <laughs> um, there's one animation I always think back on which is um, uh, Double Munch Squad which is a Mabim Bam animation where I have like a um Oh, I can't think of the term, but it's got like a camera that goes all the way around the character and kind of like, um, there's like a lot of parallax and it, it, I don't know, it's, it, it was a very tricky camera angle and I did it in like a storyboard style to make it doable. And that is probably the last thing that people went, oh my God, this looked like it took, it took ages and it was two years ago and I've not done it since for that reason. <laughs> um, <laughs> so yeah, I'm glad it looks easy because it, it should, but it isn't. <laughs> Okay, uh, the next question is from Jonathan Leroom, or Leroom, mm-hmm. sorry for mispronouncing your name, uh, in parentheses, in the Patreon, so I guess it's one of your patrons. Yeah, yeah, uh, they, yeah, yeah, they got read out the other day. Oh, actually, they didn't, they asked for a different name, but I, I don't know the context of that, so I won't say it, just in case. <laughs> but, uh, okay, uh, have you ever played D&D? Uh, and if so, what's your favorite story? If not, Ooh. what kind of character would you make? Yeah, I played D&D back at college. So I know that that term, that uh, word gets used by different countries. So I was oh, 16, 17, I think, when we played D&D. Um, so just before university. Uh, I was called... <laughs> it, it, thinking about it, it's bad in, in retrospect, but I think my character was called Beta. <laughs> And they were a halfling rogue and they were like an archer. And because we were all 16, 17 year old lads, it was, you know, I don't think people would watch it the same way they watched uh, Dimension 20. I don't think there was anything (laughs) too entertaining or exciting to talk about. I remember rolling in that 20 once. That was pretty cool. Um, (laughs) Yeah, exactly. There's not, there wasn't like any great stories. I can be like, oh, this one time we like hit this dragon and then I'd, rolled a charm and no there wasn't really anything like that it was more maths <laughs> so you are referring yeah. to charming the dragon was there yeah. was there a bard in the group <laughs> i think that's what i would do if i uh got back into dnd uh, i think i would be a bard um because it just feels more fun to play that that's what i would say we were all you know awkward teenagers we did not role play in the slightest we rolled our dice and we did damage and that was about it i think if i played D again i would want it to be acted i'd want to put on a voice at least <laughs> do you want to yeah well oh, oh i haven't got time <laughs> i think i would sure. yeah but i don't think i've got time frankly um but yeah i'd, I'd guess in the show at some point maybe, maybe one day when you get your assistant uh, yes, there we are. <laughs> Can you do the animation for me while I play D and D? Thanks. <laughs> Bye. Bye. <laughs> uh, okay. The next question is from Becky L. Um, mm. You managed to establish a very strong aesthetic with fairly simple lines and shapes, but it's still extremely expressive, and each person is unique. 
Do you ever feel tempted to try something in a completely different art style? If you have tried, how did it go? And what did characteristics did you decide were part of the non-DBI style? I... The problem is a lot of this comes down to the fact that I sincerely, hand on heart, still don't think I can draw. Um, it's, it's one of these where all of these characters are, like I say, made from really simple assets. Most of them literally made from two years ago. And I, you know, I obviously kind of, I rotate around round shapes quite a lot. I like rounded edges. You have little flicks for hair and stuff like that as, as most people draw them. Um, it's, it's one of these where I think my style is just what I find the easiest to draw and to convey what I'm trying to. And someone someone said that that's more intelligent than me that said something like art style is just laziness combined with um, like, uh, oh, I can't think of the word, compromise. It's, it's just what you think looks good enough. And I think that's fine. <laughs> so um, I, I don't draw very much in my downtime. Uh, I, I, if there's anything I've drawn in the last three years, I'm sure it's gone up on Twitter. Um, so it, it's, it's not one that I think I will stray from far too much because I just, uh, I don't know. Like I say, I kind of, I draw the way I draw because it's easier to animate and because it makes sense to me. Uh, so if I was going to do something different, it would still kind of need to fit in that style of, you know, rounded shapes and easy to animate, I guess. Um, but yeah. Okay. That's, uh, I think like it's your, your art style has become so iconic, uh, Mm. that I think like, uh, if you did try something new, it would be like, uh, I don't want to say weird because it's, it, it, it won't be weird, but it would be different and it would raise questions if you get yeah definitely i mean i mean thinking about it dimension 20 is probably the the closest example we can get to that like you know i'm I'm so used to drawing these bobble-headed character rigs and then i had to do uh mice and murder and trying to draw um uh lucretia 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 you know yeah yeah it was a very difficult task at the time (laughs) <laughs> maybe I'm uh, maybe I'm not saying her name right, <laughs> and, and Lars anyway. Lars especially was tricky to put together. So it's one of these where like, yeah, I, I think if I draw in a different style to this, it's very rare that someone will say, "Oh, this looks like deep blue ink." Like the the kind of the movements are a little bit similar. I had one or two people kind of the Rick Diggins one was more obvious because the face is the same pretty much, but like there was very few people that would watch the Dimension 20 animations and say, oh, this looks like Deep Blue Ink. And they go, oh, it is Deep Blue Ink. Because, you know, without <laughs> the big bobble head, it doesn't necessarily look like my style. But um, yeah, yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, the next question is from Lamp Shader. Uh, Lamp Shader. Uh, one word. Uh, <laughs> does your house have any weaknesses? Does my house... <laughs> What, where I live? Or... <laughs> Sorry, I wasn't sure if you said house or health. House, uh, house, home. house. Uh, I mean, it, the, I live in a flat at the minute, and it lets yeah, the some place water. you lay down to sleep. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah. I think there's something wrong with the roof, but <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there's not much more to say about that. Yeah, I guess so. It's it's secure. Don't try and rob me if that's what the question's getting at. It's got a lock, but. <laughs> 
Um, I told you some of these questions are uh, funny as hell. Um, okay, uh, Alexa asks, why the huge glasses? They look really cool. They're just super unique. Yeah. It, um, why the huge glasses? I want to say it's because of Louis Song. You're going to hear me typing because I'm just going to double check. Um, I don't know if this needs to be cut. Um, yeah, I... No, it's not necessarily. It is a little bit. I don't know. I think it, the same as everything I draw, a lot of it is just down to vibe. If it looks right, it feels right. Um, I first drew these massive glasses, I think, on Griffin, or it might have even been like the first kind of iteration of deep blue ink. Um, and then, yeah, a lot of people would ask, are Griffin's glasses getting bigger? And it felt like a challenge. Uh, we're so we're getting there. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> um, yeah, there's no, there's no real intent behind it. I just think it looks nice. Um, oh, I, I don't think I can give a better answer than that. I think it just, it looks satisfying to me. And that's how I draw them, I guess. <laughs> there's no theory behind it, I guess is my answer. Uh, okay, the next question is from Sarah. Uh, was there ever a point when you were learning to animate that you thought it wasn't the art form for you? Or have you always had a conviction to create motion? Yeah, I mean, the thing is, this is all built just from a hobby. So, like, you know, if I tried this in, you know, year 10, as we call it in the UK, so when I was 14... Maybe I would have hated it and immediately given up on it and never come back to it. But as it is, you know, I, I, I took it up purely as a time waster and just kind of kept building from there. So no, honestly, there was never a point where I kind of thought I need to express myself in a different way because I was never really trying to express myself. <laughs> to be honest, it it just always kind of was what it was that there didn't need to be something better because, you know, it just kind of is this and that, that was always kind of fine for me. Um, yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, there, there was another question here uh, about again how to learn to animate, but I think we touched mm. uh, upon this uh, uh, enough, so we can get yeah. to some more fun questions. The only thing um, I'd say very quickly on that is, yeah. if anyone is looking to get into animation, if you are using a iPad or a mobile device, get Flipper Clip. That's really simple to use and really good for learning like really basic principles of animation. Um, if you're using a computer and want to make slightly longer form stuff, like, I mean, two minutes being long form in my mind, um, use OpenTunes. OpenTunes is free software. It used to be called Tunes and it was what they used for Studio Ghibli. And somehow it is now free. Uh, it's very good. Uh, it isn't, um, perfect is why I don't use it anymore. But, uh, yeah, if you're getting into animation, OpenTunes is the way to go. Hashtag not sponsored. Not sponsored, no. <laughs> okay, I'll send them an uh, email, though. <laughs> exactly. Uh, RT asks, when will you be a guest star on Drawfee? <laughs> oh, I couldn't say, because I don't know. Um, I It's not one that I'm going to, like, push. I, there have been plenty of people that have said it, and it would be lovely. Uh, but it's not one that I, it, it's not for me to say is the very easy answer to that. Uh, it's for the people who are in the show. Um, yeah, <laughs> uh, I would love to, but I, it's, it's not on me. 
I'm going to say a name now, and it's going to be very not what my mouth is used to. Uh, <laughs> Hayabusa Ryu. Uh, I think I said that fine. Sounded like uh, a word. Sounded good. <laughs> uh, Hayabusa Ryu asks, uh, DBI versus Jacob Drafi boxing match when? <laughs> yeah, maybe that's when they'll have me on Drafi. Maybe it'll just be a fight outside of McDonald's. I don't know. <laughs> maybe, maybe I'll do my first live action video of just a boxing match. Uh, <laughs> nothing scheduled, but watch this space. <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, Tig Roller asks, warm, cold, or piping hot? Uh, warm or cold. Absolutely cold rather than uh, hot. Can't stand being hot. Can't work in it. Uh, too cold, you can wrap up and you're fine. Warm. Depends what you mean by warm. Next question. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <Come on. laughs> uh, okay. Next question is from Chia. Uh, what are some moments from your animations that you had a lot of fun doing or a bit that you are really proud of? Um, yeah, I mean, again, that um, it's really bad. The, the bits that I kind of am more proud of, it's really sadistic, are the bits that are like hit an emotional beat. So um, the Bug Hunter music video I did for Too Bad, Too Bath and the Ghost, uh, there's a... Oh, a gut-wrenching uh, kind of end to the song and the lyrics are heartbreaking. It's still beautiful. I'd still recommend it. It doesn't need like a trigger warning or anything, but it's still heartbreaking. Um, and the animation that I made for that uh, really suited it well. And every comment uh, in the video, which now has over a million views, is saying, God, why did I cry at this? And I'm like, yes. <laughs> so, yeah, I guess getting that emotional response of response of that, that's something I'm proud of. Um, uh, again, that panoramic shot, that's the word I was looking for earlier, of Griffin in the Double Munch Squad is something that I still look back on fondly. Um, there's a kind of half panoramic shot in a Drawfee animation called Is the No Scale Standard? Uh, and that bit has a lot of love and I'm proud of that. Um, yeah, I, I tend to usually have at least one shot in every animation where I like get a little bit excited and giddy and I'm like, oh, I can't wait for people to see this. So, okay. everywhere. Um, and another question here is from Pickle1342. Uh, who's your favorite Drawfee host and who's your favorite <laughs> Drawfee guest? I have four favorite Drawfee hosts. Um, and that is Karina, Julia, Nathan, and David. Fuck Jacob. Sorry, I don't know if I can swear on these. Sorry. <laughs> I should have, I should have, yeah, I should have checked You're that. fine. <laughs> all right, sick. Uh, no, I love all of them. I don't have a favorite. Can't pick favorites. Um, uh, favorite guest is probably Spencer One. Um, but also everyone who's been a guest has been great. But Spencer One is just an out and out amazing animator and it's amazing to see him work so that is one of my favorite episodes of the guest okay uh and the last fan question that we are uh so very uh, uh hoping to like finish on uh <laughs> is from anon uh who said mm -hmm. in parentheses they'll get this i swear and okay. the question is did griffin's glasses get bigger this video <laughs> good right so <laughs> the, <laughs> this all stemmed from 
literally, I think one person very sincerely asked that question. The glasses have always been big like this on, my, on the screen at the minute. Um, and someone asked it, and frankly, I didn't know the answer. Um, and I think I just, I, I don't know. I definitely didn't give an answer because I've still never given an answer and you're not going to get one out of me today. Um, but, uh, <laughs> basically it was just, it, it, it just became a meme where people kept asking it. And then in every now and then these animations, if I hit like a milestone, sometimes I'll put a little extra kind of post scenes credit animation of myself basically thanking people. Uh, and in the first one of those that I did, I think it was 20,000, uh, I had a post credit scene of me saying 20,000 people. I can't imagine that. I should really go say thanks. And I like lifted up a window, stuck my head out and there's 20,000 people. And then one of them stands up and says, hey, Griffin's glass is getting bigger. And I shut the window immediately. <laughs> so I think openly showing that disdain for that. And then as soon as I did that, every video had the comment, a Griffin's glass is getting bigger. If anyone had, had glasses would say, is X's glasses getting bigger? Um, and I started making a, a game of it, of always replying with anything but an answer like saying who's griffin and stuff like that so yeah it, it again it's a lovely meme i will not answer the question you can't make me okay that's, what a lovely end to the interview that is so so cool i love that you're, you're building this culture of like, of like favorite bits in your community um yeah okay so these were all the fan questions i do have one more question for you the last question of the interview before we get into that question, though, I want to I want you to tell people who watch us now uh, where they can find you and anything you want to plug uh, and uh, any any links or 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 social presences that you want to send them to uh, after oh, this thank interview. You very much. Uh, thank you very much. Yeah, I mean, uh, most of you will enjoy what I put on YouTube. Everything else is less enjoyable it's more promotion for youtube so yeah uh if you search deep blue ink um that's me uh that's where you can find me uh i won't ask you to go to my patreon until you've seen my videos it feels rude of me to ask for money for this interview <laughs> i will ask getting his patreon <laughs> thank you Aaron. um yeah again twitch i actually have like new content on there um, and then the only other places you can find me are Twitter and Tumblr. And realistically, 90% of the time, those are just me plugging videos going up on YouTube. So, uh, but yeah, that's, that's where, it, that's me. <laughs> okay. Uh, I will include all of these in the description of the video. Um, uh, you have also a Twitter, right? I, I didn't yeah. notice if you mentioned it. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, okay. So the final question, mm -hmm. what's in the future? for Deep Blue Ink? Oh, honestly, I'm going to delete the channel tonight. Um, <laughs> you said it was impossible that I would tank and I'm going to prove you wrong. Um, <laughs> the, the plan at the minute, um, and again, I'm awful for flaking out of plans, so this is uh, very in the moment. My plan at the minute is I would love to hit 100,000 subscribers. I would love to keep making original content, not necessarily more or less than I'm making at the minute. I think one every three months feels about right. <laughs> um, I'm probably going to be doing a lot more game changer animations, seeming yes. as the first one of those uh, went down very well. Uh, I'm actually currently working on one now. Uh, I don't mind saying which bit it is because I uh, was working on it on Twitch yesterday, but it is uh, the deviled angel on Zack's shoulder. Uh, some <gasps> oh, version so of that good. title. 
that is halfway done. Uh, so that will be going up on Patreon next Monday and on YouTube next Friday. Because uh, for the first time in a while, I am not ahead of schedule. I am just working on the stuff that I'm making because uh, I had a couple of weeks off. Um, yeah, in general, I would probably like to take less commission work if YouTube continues being friendly to me, um, just so I can keep kind of growth going on the channel. Um, but no, no huge plans. To be honest, my main one for this year was this interview. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, um, yeah, not, not too much, uh, planned, but yeah, continuing to hopefully do close to weekly uploads on the YouTube channel. Um, it definitely won't be, you know, 52 animations in 52 weeks. There's just no chance. I mean, literally this first week I'm not uploading. So <laughs> there you go. But, um, yeah. Uh, more animations, uh, more Jirofi, uh, some more Mabim Bam, uh, definitely more college humor content, I should hope, I should think. Um, and yeah, uh, keep suggesting new projects and new shows to me, and I will uh, keep experimenting and trying new things uh, as I go. Hey, thanks so much for listening to this episode of Geek Peak. If you liked it, please give this video a like, as it helps it spread and reach to more people. And if you want to listen to the next one, it's right here. See you there.